Have a sleeve. What? What kind of bone will a dog not eat? I don't know what. A trombone. Oh. <laughs> Family Gaming Podcast. This is episode 201. And my name is Steven Dutzman. No, I didn't forget my name. That was what we call a pause in radio. It was really uh, pregnant, my name is, though. <laughs> it was a very pregnant pause. Um, what does it do? I, it is what it is. So um, I am joined this week by Amanda Farrow, the Princess of Power. How are you? I'm alive. I wasn't alive last week. You I've been definitely resurrected. were not. We took a week off because you were dead. at death's door. Yeah, I was dead. Um, and you needed to be, like, nursed back to health. So thank you to the army of people in your home that did that. Um, speaking of the army of people in your home, we're also joined by Mike Footer. Mike, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I am great. So as promised... Uh, the string of guests begins with the easiest one to get because literally he just sits there <laughs> no no just stop, just stop with the easiest uh, I'm not going to say that I'm not here to judge um, <laughs> so it made it easy because all I had to do was text Amanda and be like hey could you like turn your head 90 degrees and just shout can you be on the podcast and she did and he really couldn't say no. So, um, Mike, thank you for being guest numero uno. My, on, my pleasure. Um, and I'm sure you'll be many number, many other numbers as time goes on. Because so, I'm easy? Um, because you're physically right there. <laughs> it just makes life easy. It's kind of like my wife will likely be a guest on the podcast Best. more often than not. Because she's not because she's easy, but because she's right there. Well, right now she's wrapped in blankets. Okay, listen. Her is broken. Accessible. Accessible. You know, so, you tell gamers that something's accessible. They just don't like it. Um, but the good news is most of our audience is not what would be defined as a hardcore gamer. That's good. Um, our audience is people like me who um, like games but don't like that shenanigans. At least that's what I've learned from the analytics. Anyway. Um, we're all just a bunch of gaming dorky parents. We're definitely dorky parents. So this week... In case anybody didn't know, we're talking about video games specifically. Um, we're gonna yes, exactly. Uh, specifically, we are gonna talk about the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie and his redesign. We're gonna talk about Pokemon Sword and Shield, and we're gonna talk a little bit about subscription services for video games because they are at this point. I think the two of you can agree with me: an unavoidable part of the video game marketplace. Like, you have to at least know what they are, because if for nothing else, I think in some cases they're a very good value. Mm. So we're going to figure it out. Um, so we're going to talk about that. You two are the business folks um, mm -hmm. being, um, Amanda, you literally run a website about business, and Mike has literally written the book, two of them, in fact, about business and games. Um, I, however, am a two-bit family game blogger so i know oh. nothing that's why i have the experts coming no you have more bits than that that's you have I, way more i'm bits like a four that. bits um you're at so least eight. anyway 
at least you were an into, you are an NES, or if you prefer, I am an NES of knowledge about system. video game business. Um, so before we get into the topics, though, I want to talk about Extra Life because both of us, well, all three of us, did Extra Life marathons within the last couple of weeks. You guys did one on Mixer, and you yes. gamed for twenty four ish hours mm-hmm. the week before the was it the was it during the big marathon? Yes, right. It was like during yeah. the actual Extra yeah. Life game day. Um, and we went into a, daylight savings time, so it was 25-ish hours. It was 25-ish hours. Um, I watched several of them well, um, while I was on my uh, family vacation. They were wondering why I had my phone out, and I was like, I'm watching video games with my friends, and they just ignored me. Um, <clears throat> it worked out. Um, so how'd you guys do? Jeff fun? Uh, yeah. We had a ton of fun. I totally sacked out by the end of the stream, unfortunately, because that's when my cold really kicked in. Yeah. So I went from like, yeah, this is amazing, to oh, my throat's kind of sore, to undying <laughs> by the end of the stream. But we had yep. so, so much fun. And we raised so much money. We raised $1,050. That's great. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. We originally set out to raise, I think it was 500? 500, and then we hit that goal right as we started the stream because we had been fundraising earlier. Yeah. And we said, "All right, we're going to we're going to stretch it. We're going to go 750." And then we hit 750 and the person who pushed us over the top is like, "Now you have to raise it to 1000." And we said, yep. "Okay." And we ended we up making it. We did. We made it. So, it was it was a lot of fun though. I think that the probably the best part Best two parts of the day were Jackbox with oh my the spouses. Jackbox, Jackbox was hilarious. It was extremely raunchy. We had um, so we had people in the audience. There were people we don't know, and they were I, funny. I don't. I I still want to know who one of the people was. Ballerina. Yes. She will live in our hearts for life. Yep. Um. So that was really really fun, and then the other part of it was Life is Strange too. That was that was really it was a really meaningful time to connect with the community yes and talk about things like diversity and racism and some pretty heavy topics but... yeah but also like politics and games and how that game goes for it yeah. and a lot of other games just don't true or yeah, say they will and don't uh yes i yes you are correct um right, yeah that is a topic maybe not even for us but we'll figure it out so um so we also had an extra live stream. It I was did. not 25 hours. We have decided that we're a 12-hour house. That's good. Um, That's fair. And so, um, but we're going to do one every three months. We'll do one for Extra Life, and then we're going to do rotating charities. That's um, great. So, I love that. Um, our nec- we haven't decided on our next one, but I think I might just be trying to raise money to buy um, ex- um, Xbox accessibility controllers to give somewhere. Oh, I don't know nice. where. Um, That's amazing. But... But we'll figure it out. I don't know the logistics of how we would do that, but I know that there are things there are things that can be bought, and someone has an address where I can ship. You know what? You know what? There are people who we can connect you with. You can probably yeah. Well, I mean, Steve Spawn Spawn. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure if I was like, hey, I want to game and raise money to buy some of these. Where would you like them to go? I am sure he has a Dropbox with a file to t- send me where to go. So yeah, I think that's going to be the next one we do. But um, we raised about 200 bucks. Cool. Um, which is 
pretty good for our uh, small community. We learned an awful lot about streaming because this was at, what was interesting about this is that it was our first stream with the new setup. So it actually served multiple purposes for us um, to learn what we had. You guys too. Um, yeah, we uh, we we taped down. We bought cables. Like we did a whole thing, and then the night before, we taped we um, gaff taped down all of our all of our cables and did all of our testing and. And it all kind of just still lives in that place because we're going to do more more streaming. Yep, that's awesome. We also, well, you know, for tabletop week, you know, Amanda will tell you all about what we're concocting. Yes, I will. Great. Well, I'm, when is tabletop week? I don't know. Next week. You guys alternate for don't us. You? Oh, for tabletop week. I thought you were talking about like tabletop day, but they changed it to a week. Yes, we'll talk about tabletop, tabletop ever. Week. Table tabletop forever. I just got man. There's just so many days for everything. Yes, next week on tabletop week. Maybe you can just come for back for that, and we'll do that. Um, <laughs> so, um, and we'll talk about that too. Um, so it was a great test. Mm-hmm. Uh, the it gave you know all three of my children who were very very interested in getting in front of a camera. Um, the thing that I, I really noticed say. is yeah, they were very hungry for all it. of our kids were thing. too. Here's the thing that I think, and you guys experienced it too, um, something that I is worth exploring maybe later, but um, they were incredibly natural um, in front of a camera talking about the games they were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, specific, like my son Jake was just talking like a streamer. Like he knows what to do and how to do it. Um, and was surprisingly natural, which is, because um, it is not something that comes automatically to me right hey, you know when you everybody. i mean i have a face for radio so the idea of Stop. streaming live is um oh. oh that's right you guys don't like self-deprecating humor no, i do I'm have sorry. a voice we're to, for we're, radio we're here to build you up yep. so we don't Thank you. we don't take any of your nonsense that's fine uh, i do have a voice for radio you do you do cool. you have a lovely voice um, so the so it's it just it doesn't come naturally to me, right? But for them, they just settle down into the keys. My favorite part of the day was when my youngest was playing, and for at least a good portion of the stream, I didn't realize that we were only getting the very top oh, of her head oh, because baby. she was playing Goose Game, and we just no one could see what was happening. Oh, um, but she was very excited to play Goose Game. Uh, that was her only request. We were like, "All right, guys, we don't have an infinity dollars to buy games to play for this." What are we gonna do? And she was like, "Dad, um, your audience wants to see Goose Game," and I was like, "All right, Everybody my seven-year-old is telling me about that." Um, fun fact though, nobody watched it. Uh, but whatever, we saw some people watch it on demand, I'm sure. Um, but we raised two hundred bucks. Um, a lot of people wanted to watch watch us play really stupid things in Smash. Is really the lesson that, that we learned. Right. Um, and and at least uh, we had several donations to choose my Final Fantasy fourteen character's name and choose their hair. So I would like to say that um, wow. my uh, my Final Fantasy fourteen character, who will I will be playing on streams, um, has purple hair, which actually really was not as aggressive as I thought they were going to go. Um, and uh, his, his name is Mister Sparkle Toes. Oh, that's <laughs> um, awesome. Which is, which really is not that bad. It's not bad actually. at all. It's not bad. Could be I worse. would play Mr. Sparkletoes. Could be worse. Could Mr. be something that would get mo- that would get moderated. Yeah. Nothing. Well, that was the number one rule. I was like, guys, don't get me moderated. Like, you can't. This. Please don't make my name be like OK Boomer or something. Can we like? 
Can we do something that's not going to get me reported? That's and not going to get you reported. Oh, somebody, maybe reported oh, come for on, being somebody awesome. Would, somebody would report that. Yeah, you know what they would say to um, them? Okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. <laughs> okay, boomer. So, um, anyway. Okay, boomer. So, um, that was the winning bid for a little mm-hmm. while, but then somebody came in at the end and cleaned it up. Um, so, yeah, it was it, it was a great experience raising money. We raised money for uh, Connecticut Children's Medical Center, which is a hospital that all three of my children have gone to for various things over the years. So, it was a great opportunity to do that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, um, yeah. Uh, for those that are listening that don't know, Extra Life is a charity that works with the um, Children's Miracle Network and you know, Extra Life uh, is the actual name of the charity. And once a year, they do a massive video game stream event. And it feels like the entire video game industry for one day kind of chills the hell out and just... Makes money for kids. Except for the people who try to DDoS them. Yeah. Okay. Well, except for except for like the Lizard Squad or whatever that decided to do it. But most of I mean it Calling feels the to Lizard me, Squad, that's fair. No, that yeah. was their actual name of a group that, Wait, what? Oh yeah. There's a group called the Lizard Squad that destroys Christmas. It's it's a long story. That okay, was that's 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 later. a story that's a story I reported on many, many moons ago. I know. You were the one that taught me what they were called. Oh. Um <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact. Um, I know so, nothing, apparently. Uh, oops. Um, I don't know, man. Whatever. It's not that you know nothing. You don't know that specific thing. You know a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm the one that knows nothing. Um, so John Snow. The, I'm, well, I mean, he's more ruggedly handsome than I am. He's more um, ruggedly so, handsome than everyone is. Yeah, it's true. And he's going to be an Avenger soon, so it's fine. Um, so the... Um, it just, I mean, because it feels like every, if you're a content creator on the, like, you have to do, it, it almost feels to me, it's like, that's, what are they doing for extra life? You know, and I thought, I, I always love that. Um, I didn't participate on the actual game day this year, and um, I kind of was okay with it. Uh, we were on vacation, so I couldn't, I, I was not going to miss that. Because um, you saw the pictures of where we were. We were I on did. the beach in Connecticut. I loved um, it. Didn't want to miss that. No. Um, but that's, what's great about it. They do one big day, but the reality is, you know, you can do it whenever. So, um, both of our teams will be, I'm sure recruiting for next year. So, uh, we will talk about it more as we get closer. Um, so now that we've talked a little bit about extra life. Um, why don't we go around the horn, Amanda? Yes. My understanding is that occasionally you play video games. Yes. And in this case, you have played several video uh, video games on your Nintendo Switch I have. that are family appropriate. So can you tell me a tale about a fox? I will tell you a tale about a fox. In fact, Big I wrote book. a very I wrote a very um, in depth inter- or interview. Actually, I did write an interview. You did. There was both an interview and a review about new Super Lucky's Tale. So, new Super Lucky Tale. I've never played a Lucky game before. And these games have been around, I guess, on the Oculus Rift in VR originally, and then it was exclusively on Xbox and Windows, and now it's exclusively on Switch. So, it's essentially a remix and a remaster of Super Lucky's Tale, which came out on the Xbox One and on Windows. So, new Super Lucky's Tale is a bombastic Banjo-Kazooie-type game. And, you know, despite some 
weird problems with you know, I had some latency. I had some problems with um, some in-game frame rate issues. I had some stuttering. I had some loading issues. There were also some difficulty spikes that made my life very, very challenging. Okay. So boss fights. Two boss fights specifically that were extremely challenging. And it isn't because I'm a sucky gamer. It's because they are not well designed. <laughs> I watched her. I watched her. Um, <clears throat> I watched her play that. And those boss fights were... They were dumb. They're capital D dumb. And I think that happens... Doesn't that happen a lot with 3D platformers? I think all, like... The, the, a lot of them have difficulty spikes, but I was hoping that it was more Ratchet and Clank than original Banjo-Kazooie. So mm-hmm. it kind of wasn't. But it's extremely charming. It's a lot okay. of... Like, the vast majority of the game is really, really fun. It's bright. It's pretty. It's funny and everybody should be friends with greg the male golem because he looks like Gur from invader zim and he just wants to be your best friend so so when you so at the top of this i didn't want to interrupt you because you were like really in the spiel so this is not the same game it's not it's a it's like a it's like a remaster and a remix of of super lucky's tale so it is a different game because i have it on xbox i thought it's different the switch port so this is a different it's not a game switch port. it is a it's a different game that's it's actually very cool remastered and remixed um there like i said i've got a full review up on super parent and i've mm-hmm. got an interview with the game's director dan hurd over on game daily so from if you playful want, from right? playful yeah so if you want to know like what went into making the game and what made it special and how nintendo helped make it special because they actually partnered with playful on new super lucky's tale for this exclusive deal um you know i asked him a lot of those questions so new super lucky's tale is extremely adorable and it's not that much money um digital only but really cute and really fun until you Are get sure the last two boss fights is it digital only i thought I it was, so. it's a, oh okay i believe i, I so. believe you i'll double check thought, i'll look because Wow, you type fast. Oh, yeah, yeah. she does. I type 100 and, 110, 115 words per minute. I'm just a little oh, bit Oh, there is physical. Yeah, I could have sworn I, I saw one. I'm sorry. So is this the kind of game... So here's my question. Is this the kind of game, as someone who uh, is tardy and has not published my um, games list uh, for my holiday gift guide, is this the kind of game that like I should be putting so. on there? Uh, you know, it's... I don't know if it's necessary. Like, if you have other games that you're really excited about, um, that you're super duper psyched about, then great. Follow your follow your bliss. But this game is really fun, and it's extremely family friendly. And I haven't had a good animal platformer since, well, Adventure Pals. I was duped. I mean, also, I think the kids would probably be better at those boss fights than adults because they have patience. No, they don't. You well, couldn't even get through that. This is a lie. If I may, if I may, do you remember the stuff that we put ourselves through when we were children? I, I played Mega Man. Hashtag often. Nintendo hard. Yes. So that's what I mean. Like Aladdin um, amounts of hard? Kids are, yeah, like Aladdin. How many of us played through the Lion, Lion King? King? The Lion King, yeah. SNES Lion um, King, baby. So I think that 
when we say that kids would be better at those boss fights, number one, I think sometimes not like not trying is the answer. You know what I mean? Cause like you were using the bulk of your experience, which was like coloring what you were trying to accomplish. Whereas sometimes just rolling your face on the controller is the answer. All right. Now counterpoint, we used to buy games by going to Toys R Us, looking at the back of the box, picking a slip out of the thing, walking it up front, and praying to God that the game did not stink. Um, and if it stunk, you know what happened? You played it you anyway. Played it anyway. I don't um, know what kind of nonsense you guys were doing, but I rented all my games, so... So, yeah, um, the renting, difference renting being entered the scene old. a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> The difference is we're old. We rented a lot of games too. I mean, this is a whole, you know, this, this is, is going to be thing. a whole other topic. We have to stay laser focused <laughs> we'll talk here. About New Super Lucky's Tale is dope. You should play it. In a world. New Super Lucky Tale equals dope. All right. Speaking <laughs> of dope things, um, I want to talk about a game that I played during the Extra Life stream that oh, is, it. okay. But it's so not Goose Game? I, it's not Goose Game. I'll talk about that next. I have two games coming. Oh, dang. Um, Goose Game is one of them. Spoilers. All right. So I added this last minute to my Extra Life stream schedule because Polygon it has it in the top 10 best games of the decade. And I happened to own it for free because the Epic Game Store gave it to me. And I want to talk about everything. Okay. Tell me about everything. I have heard um, of this game. I have also heard I own this, this game. game on a couple platforms. But I don't know anything yeah. about I've it. I've never played this game. Tell me so, tell me some things about everything. I can't tell you everything about everything because I played some it for things. like two hours. So something. Okay. So in everything, you play as everything. So you start as a cow <laughs> and you move around on a field and eventually yeah. you gain the ability to descend, which means you can find objects that are smaller than you and then inhabit them to the point where you become a blade of, you know, you turn from a cow to a rock, to a blade of grass, to a poppy seed, to a, um, like down to like an oxygen, um, like, like down to like an o oxygen at like atom like or molecule rather and like okay it was crazy and crazy. um and then you eventually learn as you when you get the smallest you eventually can get bigger so um eventually you go back to a cow and then you can become a tree and then you can become a continent and then you can become a planet oh. and then you can become a sun and then you can become a galaxy. And then, so, and the whole idea is you're just moving around. And so you move around until you see thought bubbles and then the thought bubbles will like say some interesting philosophical stuff. And occasionally you bring up um, like audio files that are really like deep, meditations on life um dang and then i'm not going to talk about what happens kind of next because it's kind of interesting but it has like a really cool kind of loop um okay. where it has you kind of doing some stuff um it is weird 
it um it was not the right game to play first during an extra extra live stream because it was more like thought provoking than yeah it was a lot um but um it's cool it is pretty um one thing that's really interesting is when you play as the um one way that because this game was definitely made by a relatively small team on a shoestring budget rather than animate all these different animals walking um they just roll um so like okay. have you ever played past the pig no mike has okay though. so mike you've played um, past the, the pig right past the pigs yeah so like yeah. You know how you roll the pigs and yeah. they basically like die so like they are like just toy animals and so like if they're rolling forward they roll forward onto their face and onto their back and then onto their butt and then onto their feet again and like so they just roll and all the animals move this way so you don't have to um so that they didn't have to animate them walking okay which i think in the beginning, it really kind of disturbed me. But then I was like, you know what? This is in an ingenious way of saving from having to animate, like, all these different animals. I mean, um, that's And fair. so they just, they roll like dice. Um, it's neat. Um, I don't know that I would recommend it to everyone. But I think for people that like to play, I think this is a good gateway to experimental games. Okay. You know, like some of those games yeah. that you see on like mm-hmm. itch.io where you're like, yo, this is some Itch. weird Yo-Rules. stuff. Yes. Um, the, um, so, the, this is a good way to be like, okay, if you want to play like an experimental game, you're trying to explain it to somebody, but don't want to like completely weird them out. Everything is the game that you would show them. Okay. Not, not Nobi Nobi Boy. I mean, what kind of Mari? That one's. I think that one's kind of extra weird. Uh, yes. Katamari. All right, Katamari is probably another. But like that one, I don't even think. I think this is weirder than Katamari Damacy. Because Katamari Damacy, at the end of the day, is a puzzle game. Yeah. I've never played Katamari Damacy before. It's a puzzle game. Katamari Damacy. At the end of the day, it's a puzzle game. It's kind of, It really is very similar to Donut County. It's, it's, it's the just, opposite of Donut County. But yeah, it's but the it's... opposite. Okay, the core mechanic is different. However, at the end of the day, you are moving a thing around the environment. And as you collect stuff, you get bigger. It's just in Donut County, you're making everything go away. In Katamari Damacy, you're just piling it on top of yourself and turning it into a big rubber band ball. Except that, the, the, except day, the, the just... physics around Katamari, because if a cow is sticking off to the side of your Katamari, and then you gotta like, like roll over the cow, so you have to like try to keep your ball kind of round, and sure, then okay. you get people, and then the so, people are like screaming as they're attached to your sticky ball, and then they get rocketed okay. up into the sky to become a star. What's what's your problem with the Katamari? I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying that they are, <laughs> I believe that they are fundamentally they are. similar you are games. Correct. They are. They just have different game mechanics. Thank you. He just really <laughs> wanted to troll you so bad. Yeah, I bought it kind of. That was my begone troll face. Um. Anyway, so so that was everything. I think everything was fun. It was cool. Um, it caught me a little bit off guard. I don't know why it's one of the 10 best games of the decade. But I don't know. Polygon be Polygon. 
they can do their thing. Yep. I'm, I'm not gonna. Ma- I, I trust ain't mad. Them. I trust. Um. Them. Yeah. I'm, someone, Somebody had a reason. They sat in a boardroom, and someone had that. I debate. never want to do that. You know what? I have been. I was part of those conversations. Uh, in a previous job, and I never, ever, no. ever want to do that again. No. That's super nice. I mean, I was. I mean, that's fine. I'll just do mine by myself. That's it's fine. It's not fun. It, it'll make it'll. It, well, it'll be fun if it's just me. I'll well, yeah, yeah. Fair. I mean, if you're if it's fun. your own list, that's fine. But when you gotta when you, when you've gotta like negotiate with people, no, Mm-mm. the hardest of passes. Also, kudos to them for actually numbering them. Not just the 100 best games, but a numbered list. Yeah, that was... Um, well, I mean, they had to, I think, if for nothing else, just to unequivocally put Minecraft at number one, which is where it should have been. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, that, that's, and that's fair. Um, they, you had to just to make a stand. Um, okay, so... Um, Amanda. Yes. That was not the only Switch game you played. So my understanding is you also have been uh, exploring a haunted mansion with a certain plumber. I have, and his gooey doppelganger. Jill Valentine. <laughs> now that's a crossover. Ew. Okay, so he's going to go throw himself into the bin real quick. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. I've been playing that. I'm going to have a review that's supposed to be going up in the next couple of days over on Super Paradise. So keep your... I guess it'll be out by the time this is out. So yeah, I'll have a I'll have a review up on Super Parent for Luigi's Mansion 3. I ended up playing it during my very, very long stream on Halloween. And this game is totes adorbs. I do it. Exactly. Oh no! So Luigi is so incredibly relatable because his anxiety around everything is just like, oh, baby, I feel this. I feel this deep in my bones. Your anxieties, I feel them. Um, but yeah, this game is, there, there's just, there's so much to do. There's so much to collect. The story is really interesting and funny, and the puzzles are really interesting and engaging. It just made me want to keep going back and keep playing it. And if I didn't have to go and review New Super Lucky's Tale, I would have played it through to the end, probably over the weekend at some point. So, yeah. Luigi's Mansion 3 is phenomenal, and Gooigi is rad. And being able to play the game co-op with Gooigi is rad. So... I do it. Yeah, what oh, no. <laughs> um, what's funny about it is I actually have that game and I have not been able to touch it. Um, I'm really sad for you, dude. Partially because my children have been, but otherwise oh. because I've been incredibly busy with other things. I am, um, I am not going to buy it yet. I'm going to wait until I finish Dark Moon finally and then go back and play the 3DS version of Luigi's Mansion, which I've never played, but I purchased. So maybe I should get on that before I go and spend money on, uh, on Luigi. I do it. Oh no. Um So, yeah, it's I think that's a fair thing, although they're not like they're standalone games. Yeah. Right, but I'm sitting on a game and a half I haven't played yet. I sh- I, I should I can probably plus there's Ghostbusters remastered. So, I've got I've got so much ghostbusting action. 
Yeah. I am I am looking forward to eventually playing Luigi's Mansion 3 though. Alright. That's fair. I still can't I'll believe Ghostbusters was I still can't believe that Ghostbusters remastered is like a thing. And apparently it's good. It is good. I've played it on yeah, Switch, I, it's real good. I I, I and I'm sh- I'm sure of that, but it's just so weird, right? Like there's just the the confluence of events that like happened that are like, you know what, let's just take this game like a while ago and just like let's just remaster and put it out again. It's just kinda odd. That game deserved um, be- better than it got the first up. time out anyway. That game's amazing. Yeah, Saber Saber Interactive actually knows what's up. They know what they're doing, man. Oh no. Um, all right. Anyway. Well noted. Noted. I, I trust you guys. Um We sometimes know things. Busty makes me feel good. I <laughs> um, I do say, so my, my wife did actually play a little Luigi's Mansion. She's yes. actually, Luigi's Mansion is her, this is going to sound, Luigi's Mansion is her favorite Nintendo game. Really? She is That's Luigi's really cool. Mansion fangirl. That's dope. Um, And so when, when, they, when they announced Luigi's Mansion 3, um, there was no one in this house. Like my kids barely, it didn't even register with them. They're like, all right, cool. Luigi's like, are we going to get it? Right. Like that's basically their only question. We watch Nintendo directs and they're like, are you getting this one? <laughs> and, um, mo- usually the answer. <laughs> um, but, um, in this case, I didn't even say anything. I just looked at my wife who was like, cat, like just, just shaking with hype. Um, because, and it, which is not usual for them because she doesn't usually get hype about. I usually do that, so um, that was it, it's it's exciting to see. You know, it's finally out. It's here, um, and I'm glad that it's good because mm-hmm. it could have been a dumpster fire. I mean, we it's guys know, we know, like very excited. I can't wait to hear Mike's impressions in four or five years when he gets to it. Um, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> those impressions. My Those Luigi impressions? impressions? Um, yeah, oh! well, I'm, wish- I'm hoping for a lot of time. Why is Luigi always so scared of him? He's, he's bigger just... than his brother. Yeah, but he just, I think that he suffers from anxiety. Well, we know that he was, you know, kidnapped as a baby multiple times. True, true. I mean, that's fair. Oh, man has not played the, uh, the Mario and Luigi RPGs with the Mario. I have not, but I'm familiar with the, the cultural zeitgeist around it. So there's, so like you can, you play, at, at points in those games, you play as the adult versions of Mario and Luigi and the baby versions of Mario and Luigi. Yeah. I feel like something um, went wrong yeah, somewhere. Those, I think, Amanda, that you would absolutely love the Mario and Luigi RPGs. I believe this. I've got two of them on three. I bought them on 3DS. Like I, I like hoarded all those great GBA games that they, uh, that they ported over to 3DS because they're just that good. But yeah, I've got um, the Mario and Luigi. It was Superstar Saga was the first one they released, and then Bowser's Inside Story was the second one. But what was the name of the? So hold on. Mario. Oh, you're you're sending him down a rabbit hole. We're Woo! never gonna get to our topics. You're going to be here until 11. Oh. Michael. What? Partners in Time, I think, was the one where, where with the babies. Yep. Partners in Time. Um, that was Game Boy Advance, right? That was DS. DS, yeah. Superstar um, Saga yeah. Was, the first, was the first portable one, and it was Game Boy Advance. And then there was Partners in Time was the DS. Bowser's Inside Story was the DS. Dream Team was 3DS. And then Paper Jam was 3DS. Which was a crossover between Mario and Luigi and Paper Mario. 
Yeah. There's the, how sad is it that the developers out of business? Yeah, that is really Wah-wah. sad. Yeah. Because because these games are so absurd and that's it that's important because it's just well you know that you know me and my love for the absurd um speaking of absurd things this is what we call a segue um can we talk about goose game for are you, you, should you want to talk about goose talk game about or you want to talk about the the discourse around goose game there's discourse around goose game yeah. i i don't want to talk about the discourse no, no, no! Like the good stuff, where good? like where Goose Game has kind of permeated, like mat, like popular culture, where people who don't play videos or don't ever talk about video games are like tweeting out stuff about Goose Game. I saw a Marvel one, like the Disney Plus, like the, the the spoof Disney Plus account tweeted out one where it was Thanos and he had like the thought bubble and it was like the Infinity Gauntlet, and it was all done in the style right. of of Untitled Goose Game. All right, all right, I get it. I mean, th- that is absolutely correct. Um, how about, you know, the only thing that was able to stop Untitled Goose Game from dominating gaming conversations was literally a AAA Kojima. Like, yeah. this, nothing else like, could cut through that. Not even Fortnite. I'm, and frankly, I'm going to be real with you. Um, I think it was even money for me whether or not Death Stranding could have done that because everybody was talking about Goose Game. Um, maybe, um, and so, um, it came out and we didn't play it right away. Um, you know, it was just not the right time, but we felt like extra life was the right time. Yeah. Um, and also, um, my daughter was like, yo, we should play this cause your audience needs to see it. And I was like, well, I can't argue with that. So we picked it up. Um, it is, uh, serviceably entertaining. Serviceably entertaining. What does that mean? I mean, I don't want to say that it's it, like it's not going to be on my game of list. Like, there are a lot of people who are like, "Yo, game game of the year," and I'm going to be like, "Well, guys, maybe you need to slow your roll." Like, it's <laughs> fun. <laughs> Dang. I mean, it's it is fun, and it is better than it has any right to be, and it is the best finish. It's probably one of the best finished pitched like game jam games I've ever played. And you and I, we've played a lot of games that are finished game jam games in yeah. our day, all three of us. Yeah, all um, of us have, yeah. And this is probably definitely one of the best ones. Yeah. It's polished. It's fun. I love the art style. Um, It's just kind of, you know, and it's absurd because you're a really, like, mean goose. And it makes sense because geese are mean, mm-hmm. to my understanding. Mm-hmm. Are Canadian geese mean or are they even They're poor? the meanest. That's where all the mean in Canada went. Well, yeah, you know, the 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 old wives' tale goes that the Canadian people drained the geese of all of their compassion so that they could be extra friendly. But but the uh, what? Oh, that's rude. (laughs) She's making a rude Um, gesture at me. Not she's okay. gonna say, but she's gonna say sorry next. Um, no. So no, she, she, didn't, she didn't get her. She didn't get her daily goose dose today. Um, so <laughs> the man, the whole thing. So we got about halfway through the game. Okay. And um, so I I know that there's apparently like some stuff towards the end that is like extra cool. Um, and I'm sure. I mean, it's neat. 
I like honking at the bad, at the guys and scaring kids away. Um, I, I really think the way that it presents you, your like quests, like as a to-do list, is just mm-hmm. extra funny. It's like kind of on the nose because at the end of the day, that's all quest logs are. It's just to-do list. Yep. And it's even on like lined paper. Um, so, but I think, I mean, this is one of those, um, it's a stealth action game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, it's Metal Goose Solid. It's not yeah. Metal Gear. It's Metal Goose Solid. I mean, it's probably, I would say it's probably better than Metal Gear. Um, but oh. I don't, but that's because I really. Hitman Blood Honky. To be fair, to it. Um, blood honk. Oh my god. Oh no, Dan! I am deceased! I don't I specifically do not like Metal Gear. So for me, this I was I started playing it and I was like, wow, finally a stealth action game that I actually want to play. Um, Stop it! This is why we don't ask him to come on. Errol! Honk! I don't I don't ask him because I don't want to overuse <sighs> um and make him hate us. Yeah, so Untitled Goose Game, here's the thing. It's 20 bucks. So um, it's not very long from what I have read. This is, you know, it's, it's like under six hours, right? Like this yeah. is a relatively bite-sized experience. Um, And it's fun. I mean, it's if I enjoyed myself, my daughter I have it on EGS. I need to like actually play it. I yeah. haven't played it yet. I played the whole first section. I got to get back to it. Yeah, I mean, it's it is serviceably entertaining, but I, I that's meant as a compliment. Like, I don't think it's bad. I just I don't think it's game of the year material. It's, like, it, it's a it's a more sophisticated take on Goat Simulator. On what? On Goat Simulator. I yeah, you know what? That was well, my wife's hates that game goat simulator <laughs> like vehemently and so when we said that we were bringing bring home um and downloading untitled goose game she was like is this gonna be like that goat thing and i was like no actually that's she probably really hates goat simulator no it's more like hitman um, but your but your goose blood honk <laughs> yeah so yeah so i mean i think this is one of those things i i can recommend it to, i i rec- i highly recommend it to people a good puzzle because they are neat environmental puzzles. It's just that instead of like moving blocks around or matching three, you are stealthing your way through as a goose. Mm-hmm. In it, it's in a British countryside, right? Is that yes. like where you are, like in Britain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, those are some of the games that Amanda and I played. Mike, when we asked you, you said you played a any that you can't remember man it was that was like the morning we were probably 12 13 hours into extra life when i i really wish i remember oh paul and i oh he wanted to play super mario world we played super okay. mario world for our one-on-one time but i also played all of sayonara wild hearts yeah, by so samogo about- and published by annapurna interactive so when we last talked about sayonara world sayonara wild hearts um, Amanda was very high on it. Yep. And I had played it and was the opposite. Now, um, did you play all of it? We had no, um, because I did not like it enough to continue. With that said, um, and Amanda, he just made a face. Hmm? Um, he I just made a face at me. I that was a judgy that. face. I didn't make a face. Um, you didn't make a judgy face. Me? Maybe I, maybe I'm I, always I, making judgy. I didn't make a judgy face. 
So look, man, I'm a Jew from New Jersey. I can make judgy faces. Oh wow! Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, so the so I what I was found really interesting because I watched a bunch of your stream, mm-hmm. um, and it intrigued me because you were like fighting somebody and there was like real stuff. There was like more stuff going on. So I was inspired to try it again because it is on Apple arcade and we, and Amanda and I did note that part of my problem was that I was probably using touch controls. Oh, so I'm going to touch controls. I'm going to report back when I have played it on um with uh i'm gonna report back when i have played it with a have you played res how do you feel about res i have no rhythm like none well res is so much a rhythm game i struggle i also um i i mean i appreciate res and i can play it like Mm -hmm. mechanically i'm just not very successful I think that might be the other problem with Cyanara Hearts is that it might just be asking me to do stuff that I'm just terrible at. It's like there I are some mean, games. Yeah, that are- like if you like if you have trouble with games like Crypt of the Necrodancer, um, then yeah, this is going to be a tough one because yeah, games are not my jam. <laughs> um, yeah, you really need to feel the rhythm on in this game. Yeah, I am. Um, but it's beautiful, and I really dug mm-hmm. the music from the later levels. So I'm going to give it. A- because it's on Apple Arcade, um, mm-hmm. and I have a PlayStation controller, so I should give it a go. Yeah. Um, but it was really interesting, kind of seeing more of the game that was completely inaccessible to me because I was terrible. Um, which is why I like a lot of streams because I'm terrible at video games, so I get to watch people like accomplish things. Well, um, I, I really like the game because there's no penalty for dying, right, or like running into something. The the goal of the game is to a enjoy the story, but but b to just cap get as many hearts and stuff. There's things to collect, and that's that is all rhythm based. But I will say this: if you play it again and you love the music and you just can't like click with the gameplay, the entire soundtrack's on Spotify. True. So right. so that is a great way to enjoy the game without having to play the game. All right. Well, that is a good point. Because um, the soundtrack is absolutely smashing. It is. It's great. Um, so everybody should go add that to their Spotify playlist. Yep. Um, so so why don't we take our first break? We've <laughs> been at this for a little while. Yep. And then we'll come back. That's all right. People missed us. Um, and then we'll come back and we have three topics, two of them relatively short. And then we will um, continue. How about that? That sounds perfect. All right, so we'll be back in a minute, folks. everybody this is steve i'm the host if you like listening to this podcast you probably like some of our other content too you can find that all over social media so make sure to head over to facebook.com slash engaged family gaming perhaps you might like to see some stuff on twitter by going to twitter.com slash e-f-g-a-m-i-n-g or maybe you just want to head on over to instagram and look for engaged family gaming there see you later guys bye now
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 201 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. I'm still Steven. I'm still here with Amanda and Mike. We're still talking about video games. So we talked about Extra Life. We went around the horn. Now we have three juicy topics to talk about. The first one, this should be relatively quick, but I wanted to talk and just touch briefly on the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Ah, Sonic, he's so much better. Sonic, yeah. He's got so, an attitude. Um, I want a chili dog, right? Sonic, um, he's the fastest thing alive. Okay, so Mike. Mike has a beautiful done. voice. Um, he he is wonderful. I'll sing, and your, I'll sing your theme, the theme song to and, Sonic. Every and time. he's done. And he's um, done. So, <laughs> so he is wonderful. He is talented, and he is finished. So I am Sonic. The, so for some background. Sonic the Hedgehog is a movie that they've been trying to make forever. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, They finally figured it out. They got Jim Carrey to do it. They got James Marsden, the real Cyclops, um, (laughs) involved. Um, That's fair. uh, Also great in in Westwood, if any of your kids watch that one. (laughs) Yeah, no, kids should not be watching Westworld is perfect Um, for kids. So so they finally got it. They got a star. They got Jim Carrey. <laughs> wow! Hold on, can we reflect on that shade for a second? I mean, he's he's weird. Um, so they, um, I mean, that's really distracting. Um, he was tr- flossing off camera. Um, because I have a thirteen-year-old, it won't be distracting because you're on camera. At least oh. I know what you're doing. Um, so they finally started to get it going and it was gonna be a dumpster fire because it's a video game movie but like whatever you know it's probably gonna be for kids and whatever alvin and the chipmunk movies were kind of okay right Mm -hmm. and um and then they showed the trailer of what was sometime it was the middle of the year right like april ish i think it was early in the year yeah i think it was like march and it was a hot mess it was horrible the teeth man the teeth haunt my nightmares yeah, you know what it looked like? You know what he looked like? He looked like one of them Assassin's Creed glitches. <laughs> That's not From it. You Assassin's know I mean? Creed Unity? My god. Yeah, he looked oh! like a Unity glitch. Oh, the floating teeth. Yeah, floating teeth. yeah. That's yeah. a good reference. That is a deep cut, but I like it. It's a deep it's a deep cut. Well, I mean, listen, I uh, the, the, I I was in those trenches when Unity came out. So, um, I think that I think Unity came out. No, I was running EFG then, so it, part of my beat at that point. It, but it was on so, my beat though. Oh I'll yes, it was. <laughs> I know it was. So it is. Um, so they put out this awful character model, which I'm sure was like committed to death, and probably one person with way too much power made it happen was like yeah was this focus tests super well guys let's you gotta make him, and, we gotta make him relatable and human like and everybody's like this is this throw it in the uncanny valley and then just like shovel over it it's yeah i'm sure every so animator working on it and so they released the trailer and there was a huge fan backlash which generally here at efg we're not in fa- we are not pro fan backlash. No, we're pro fan criticism. Yes, um, and so there was a little bit of a backlash. So much so, so quickly um, that the director said, "Fine, we'll delay it four months." Well, and- hold, hold on. They originally first they said they were going to fix it with no delay. 
And that was like, and, and then everybody was like, "Are you? Are you? Well, nuts? How long? How long was? How long was? Was it going to be fixed and without a delay? Because my remembrance is that it was pretty quick. No, there was there was uh, I think was a, a solid a solid day maybe two yeah. where they're okay. like, "We hear you," and then they're like, "We're going to take it back to the drawing board." No change in the release date. Okay. And then everybody's like, "That means you're going to crunch your animators to death." Please don't crunch your animators. So they decided to delay it, and boy, the change, the, 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 it was worth it. It was worth it. It was a great, I, I don't know, I really liked it. I went and I watched it a couple times just to make sure I wasn't yep. losing my mind. But... And the side-by-sides just remind how bad the original version well, was. Well, and I mean, the original trailer was just cut terribly, the music was terrible, like the tone sucked, yep. it just was bad. Now, most the of the original great. trailer is in the new trailer, though. Yeah, but it's cut different. It is cut very differently, and there's much less Robotnik. Yeah, that's probably for the best. Well, and the Robotnik stuff they used in the new trailer is much better. It makes, it, it makes like, Robotnik actually look, like, not terrible. Yeah. Um, so I actually just saw this tweet. The, the person who... Um, the person who would led the redesign on Sonic Mm -hmm. has been making Sonic comics but originally started uh, making Sonic fan comics. Really? Yes. Now, I won't say this is a family-friendly podcast so I will just say that there is uh, there is a character who uh, is a riff on Knuckles. Oh. uh, Whose name is a similar sounding body part and it's something the enchilada. So, it's really funny but this is you want you want to talk about somebody who is like started from nothing and made fan comics and now is leading this massive effort, successful effort based on what we've seen today, mm-hmm. to uh, to revamp a beloved character and make him look less like a horrific monster. And they released the trailer today, so this would be Wednesday. Yep, mm-hmm. and it worked. Mm-hmm. Wait, he looks great. Mm-hmm. Much better. Today's Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. They released the trailer today. Yes. Right? Yeah. You said yes. So today, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. What did I say? Did you I said say Wednesday. Wednesday? I I can't get this week straight. Um, it, Amanda saw it. I posted my daily picture with my daughter, and I said Happy Monday. Um, I don't know what day it is. Um, so what year is it? It was, yeah, I don't know. Um, so it worked. I mean, that's the bottom line. He looks great. Yeah. Yeah. And he the trailer looks, looks like funny. Sonic. Yeah. He really I, does. The, the funny thing was now, the Sonic, the first Sonic trailer came out before Detective Pikachu came out. Yes. And I think that they were probably emboldened after Detective Pikachu did so well to be like, you know what? Let's just go for it. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. And it worked. Um, also, a hundred percent less Gangsta's Paradise. Oh, right, that's what they used. Yeah, that was such a mistake. Oh, it was so bad. Now, I love that song. I mean, who doesn't? I graduated in nineteen ninety eight, so like, that song was my high school. Yet, yeah. yeah, we've been over this before. I'm like a million. No, he's a million. Um, oh, yeah, I'm like half a million. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the, so it had 100% less Gangster's Paradise. Thank goodness. 
Um, As it should be. It was a weird I'm, choice, right? It really was. So the only worse choice they could have had tonally would have been uh, Kanye West pack because um, Kanye's in a weird spot right now. Um, and also that song is obviously over. Um, but again, I like it in trailers. Um, I also tell me that it seemed funnier this time around, right? It, yeah, it was. It was. It was a hundred percent more charming. Yes, that's the perfect word. Like before, it was like, all right, fine, it's, it's Sonic. But like, now it's like, okay, Sonic. it's Sonic. Yeah, they also give you a little hint. First of all, we didn't see any of Sonic's world before. Like, there was no idea. Yeah. Like, how did he get here? The you know, this trailer opens up. Oh, he's in the Green Hill Zone, and then he throws a ring, and he the rings are magic portals to other sure. worlds. Why not? Sounds great to me. Yep. Um. And so, um, and Jim Carrey is, they showed a lot of Jim Carrey, but just being Jim Carrey is a very specific thing. And if he taps into what Pete, like, it's weird that this is going to be Sonic the Hedgehog that's going to, that if they do it right, could hit nostalgia in two different ways. Cause you hit people that are nostalgic for old school Jim Carrey, which I think is what we might be getting. Um, and nice. nostalgic yeah. for. Um, and if they do either of those halfway, this is not going to be like a classic, but this is just going to be, you know, an Alvin and the Chipmunks that's going to live on Netflix and and get a million plays a month because it's, you know, vanilla, right? Like, I, like this is not going to be uh, the best movie of the year. Um, can I just say, uh, well, I mean, it might be because we don't know what's coming out next year, really. Um, can I just say, uh, so they didn't, they delayed it from, what was it? The first week of December to fe- to February fourteenth. Happy yeah, Valentine's Happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day. So, um, two bonus. So, let's just say, how excited are they to not only have a better Sonic, but to also to get Sonic the Hedgehog the hell away from Frozen, which comes out November twenty second. I'm so excited. Who yeah, wants to put out an animated kids movie? Within two weeks of that powerhouse, nobody. Um, that and also, silly. and then guess what happens a few weeks after the first week in December? Star Wars, which is going to be another family kind of thing. So let's just get out of there. This that, feels like yeah. This was it's a lot. I would not want. I don't want. I wouldn't want to put out anything in between Frozen and Star Wars. Just, just nothing should happen. Just let Star let Star Wars and Frozen live, suck up all the oxygen in the room, and then we'll just reconvene movie and other entertainment properties in January. <laughs> we'll just Fair. figure it out. We'll just Fair. punt. Just after the Super Bowl, we'll just 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 go. Um, I'm excited. I think it's gonna be fine. My kids are pretty hyped. They were not hyped before. Um, I don't think they were as scared of Sonic as we were. Like they, but they didn't. We don't have any particular affinity for Sonic. I, I don't think any of those games are good. Um, but the and I've been very vocal about that. Um, but like you know, mm-hmm. he's still Sonic. It's still culturally significant. Well, yeah. yeah. Now that Sonic has kind of moved into to other games, especially when you think about his appearances in Smash and. They've been doing the Olympic stuff for a while, and the new Olympic one, the new, the new Olympics game is good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of working his way back in there. Um, my kids, I think, yeah, I think you're right. That the first time my kids saw him in a video game, 
well, th- we have Sonic Mania, which is probably the best Sonic game ever. Um, mm-hmm. But they play him in Smash every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Sonic is coming back. It's going to be crazy. Um, we're going to see it. I'm going to see it. I will have a re- I, I publish my movie reviews on the EFG Daily Commute. So you can look. For- um, I, my wife has no interest, but I'll be going with the boys. So we'll go. That'll be my Valentine's Day date. Taking the boys to go see Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, And so um, next topic, let's talk about some Pokemans. All right, we'll be talking about Pokemans. Pokemon Sword and Shield is coming out the day this podcast, Mm -hmm. Friday, Mm -hmm. November 15th. Amanda, you're going to be at the release event at the Nintendo store in New York. I am. Um, Have you already, like, figured out, like you know, your giant parka and cause it's going to be cold. Gonna Are be you ready? Heckin' cold. Well, I'm going to be in the city going to see part one of two of Harry Potter and the cursed child. So Ooh. yeah. Um, so that's going to be awesome. But so yeah, I got, I got an invite last minute from my PR contact at Nintendo and he's like, Hey, I know this is really late and on a school night, but is there any chance you want to come in for this? And I'm like, I got news for yes. you, bro. I'm actually in the city that day and I'm staying over. So yes. So yeah, I'm going to be bundling up like, yeah, like heck. that's going to be, it's going to be so cool though. If they, ha- if, if, if you, if you want to grab some swag for me, mad, um, it's a joke. Um, cause the, they're, I'm sure it's going to be under lock and key Probably. cause Nintendo be, cause Nintendo be crazy. So, um, but this is a big deal. It is. I mean, this is a new Pokemon game. It is. A the new discourse mainline on- po- Pokemon yeah. game, not Pokemon Let's Go. Yeah, but exactly. No, it is you're the right. First mainline Pokemon game that will be playable on natively a TV on a TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so incredibly hyped. I mean, the, there's been some shenanigans online. I am electing to, um, in favor of super excitement. Yeah, because all aboard um, the hype train. We don't need to deal exactly. with the haters. Here's here's what yeah. I'm going to say about this, if I may. That. The hate is coming from a very specific, very small, vocal group of people. Pokemon mm-hmm. sells well every single time. I'm not worried about the game selling. And here's here's the thing that I'm going to point out, which, which often gets lost. I have played... I think I might have played some of every generation of Pokemon. Uh, of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have never finished a Pokemon game. But I've played some of the fact that there is a more condensed Pokedex in this game, given that it's the first outing on a new system, mm-hmm. this whole thing that we just talked about, about it being natively playable on a television. Having hundreds of Pokemon is off-putting. It is. And I yeah. understand that people are going to be upset that they're, you know, some of their favorites, but... The number of people who carry their Pokemon from one game to, to the next, I don't think is a sales-wise, a commercially significant portion of the community uh, in the way that people are responding to it online. Well, I think that that is a safe bet, if for nothing else, because we know Game Freak has, the, if it was a significant portion, they would have delayed the game six months and figured it out, Yeah, right? Like, they know the numbers. With that said, um, the target audience for the like the three of us are grown adults mm. that are super excited about pocket monsters yeah. because so, you know, but 
the target audience for this game is our kids. And let me tell you, you know, I come home, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Twitter at the gas station or, you know, while I'm at Dunkin' Donuts or whatever, and I see shenanigans, right? Or me and Amanda share a, a, you know, we'll share a text message going back and forth, like lamenting the negative universe. And then I'll come home and I'll be like, oh man, Pokemon's going to be so cool, but like, what's happening? And then my kids will come up and be like, so dad, this is our And like, they have, just so just shed all of that. Like they are shielded from it because oh, of their hype. It. Yeah. They're wielding armor of excitement. Um, and it's, you know, like this is so my like my daughter is six. She'll be seven in December. Like this is her first like she's played, you know, she messed around in Pokemon. But like this is her first she messed around in Pokemon Let's Go, right? But this is her first one, you know? And she is so excited. Um, I mean, Galarian Ponita, yeah. like, Hello. um, I said, is that, that's in shield, right? Whichever. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Whichever one. Whichever one she has starts it. Playing, yeah. That's, yeah. We're, like, I mean, we're getting both. That, that's her end game. That is. Yes. I can see that for her. So that's her end game. Here, here's the thing. And this is, this is the analogy that I'll make. There were some people when monster hunter world came out that were so angry at a bunch of the quality of life things. Oh my gosh, scout flies. That makes it that makes it so easy. Oh, I I you know, I have unlimited whetstones. That's too easy. And that game sold better than any game in the series because it was accessible. Oh yeah. And I feel like that some of the stuff that they're implementing here it's like no, experience share is not just a feature. It's not just a feature of the game. It's a core system yeah. of the game now. So no, you can't turn it off. Sorry, that's the decision that we've made for the way this game is best balanced. So things like that, I think what you're going to have is, yeah, you're probably going to have some people who, who feel alienated by it because it's not the the Pokemon, the hardcore Pokemon that they remember uh, and they can't bring their Pokemon over and the Pokedex is, is slimmer than it's been in forever. But I think it's going to welcome a lot more people into the fold. And this is the first, first Pokemon game that I can really see myself... Not feeling like, wait, how big is this Pokedex? This is, you know, I, I, I agree. I've been so super overwhelmed by some of the other stuff. Um, admittedly, I'm a casual, just about everything, right? But like, this is gonna be, this is, um, th- this is one. This is gonna be a lot of kids. You know, the, this is gonna be a lot of kids. Just like every Pokemon is a lot of kids' first Pokemon, right? I mean, Pokemon mm-hmm. is one of those games that is just universally like, oh, this is for kids. Yeah. And no, that doesn't mean it's immune from criticism, of course. But as I said on my EFG Daily Commute, which you can listen to, just go to engagefamilygaming.com slash commute. There's a difference between criticism and whining. And very few people know the difference. The three of us know the difference. Um, and so for hype's sake, um, they, I mean, this is, it's from, from my eye, this is absolutely gorgeous. Sure, yes. there's some imperfections in the graphics, but The Witcher wasn't perfect either. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was close, but it wasn't perfect. <laughs> and um, and like you know, the the Pokemon are still awesome. I mean, there's a freaking wheezing with a, there's a not wheezing co- there's a coughing with a top hat. Okay, mm-hmm. just hopping with a, po- a top hat. Does he look a little bit like a bong? Yes. 
But he's got a tie. <laughs> but are we going to hold that against him? No. Am I going to hold that against him? No. no. Okay. Um, no. There's a unicorn. Ponita looks like a freaking My Little Pony character. Um, it's perfect. And they have, and Sir Fetched. Sir yes. Fetched is enough. Sir Fetched. Sir Fetched is amazing. So we're getting all three. Um, we're getting um, we're getting both here as well. We're actually saved by the fact that you know we don't have to get a copy for everybody. We ended up with six copies of Sword of uh, Sun and Moon between Ultra Sun and Ultra. Moon. So we have two of each of the regular base model, and then Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Yeah, so like we got four, six copies. Oh wait, no, we have five. Games. We have two copies of one of them because you had one before. Uh, I had X. So no, you had sun, didn't you? And sun. Yeah, so we had sun and moon. You have sun, and then we, you and I, bought ultra sun and ultra moon, which I need to get back to. Which I'm not going to until I. Finish. It's a lot. Yeah. So we were so all in, and so we're saved a little bit here. We only have to actually only a hundred if you buy them at one, because um, Switch games are only fifty bucks there from now on. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um. So the um. So like. The we're still figuring out like who's gonna play what, but it doesn't matter knowing that like you know my whoever is on whoever has surf is gonna be just breeding far fetched forever to feed everyone that we know. Like we have a plan to try and just get all this going, Mm -hmm. and it is I'm just so excited to to get there. I mean we only have two switches. Right. And so this is the good news is this whole trading, you know, they're working out sharing who's going to be using what switch and who's going to be playing which copy of the game and how long everybody gets a turn. It's kind of like training wheels for Animal Crossing. Oh, and if you've got um, Let's Go, if you got either or both of those and you put them in the switch and just start the save, you'll get a, a Gigamax um, Pikachu and a Gigamax Eevee. And the Pikachu is fat Pikachu. Oh, yeah. He's Chunkachu. Um, he was, I'm he's so Chunkachu. down with Fat Pikachu. So, I mean, this is going to be, I mean, we're so close. We're, we're, I mean, it's Tuesday, review embargo. Um, so we'll find out tomorrow. God have myrtles. Um, and, but I am so hyped. I honestly, I don't even really need to look at them outside of the fact that I'm curious what the videos look like. Um, I'm really just, I almost want to watch a few reviews on mute just so I can see the video that they're allowed to cap. Um, cause I'm all, cause I'm, you know, I like inside baseball crap. Um, so the, but I, I mean, we've already bought them and my wife is six too. You know, this is one of those, like, this is an event in our house and not just mm-hmm. because I run a family friendly website and this is probably the biggest family friendly release of the year. Actually, I think it probably is the biggest release of the it's year. Gonna but make, like, it's going to make Nintendo's holiday. That's for darn sure. Oh man, I would <laughs> so argue that the dollars. other that the other big release is uh, Neverwinter on Switch. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I'm, I'm goofing. This I'm is goofing. It's not I mean, I don't. Dis- I mean, I think that's a bit of a. I, I mean, I'm not going to fuck you, but I think it's a stretch. I'm goofing um, with you. So between the three of us here, we're good for four sold copies. Um, Pokemon, and only because two of you live in the same house. Yeah. Um, so, so that's Pokemon. Everybody, uh, enjoy your Pokemon day if you are in. Um, and for the and welcome back to everyone who has been avoiding all video game media. Um, until Pokemon came out, because I know several people who um have been on blackout ever since the leaks happened. 
Um, so welcome. Uh, <laughs> you can finally listen to our podcast. Um, okay. Serious topic time. Cause I know it's sleepy time for you guys. It's going to be soon. Yes. So we'll do this relatively quickly folks. Disney plus came out today, which Woo! we actually have a, uh, article so about everything you need to know about Disney plus up on engagement. Also super parent has another thing. Yep. They're fairly similar. They are. Um, in fact, I would bet just about every entertainment site on the planet wrote a everything you need to know about Disney Plus. Um, SEO. Because, because hashtag SEO. Um, so, and if you don't know what that is, good. <laughs> um, so, because um, it's, it's the, you know, it's the, it's the inside, it's about as inside baseball as you can get. But, so it got me thinking. A few episodes ago, Amanda just about dove down the rabbit to talk about some subscription gaming, and then she stopped herself because she has self-control, whereas I don't. And she was like, you know what? We could talk about ever, but that should be a topic all unto itself. And and, And I was like, you know what? You're right. And so we put a pin in it. And and Disney Plus came out, and I was like, you know what? Let's that's a subscription. Let's talk about subscription gaming services. Um, so th- my thesis is they are um, parents can't avoid them, and, no, right? You really can't. So nope. let's talk about that. Why? Oh man, I mean, Mike, when was the last time? Mm-hmm. that you remember living a life without like a Netflix subscription. Um, Do you remember? I think I upgraded my Netflix subscription pretty quickly when they moved over to streaming. Um at the time I was working out fairly regularly so I was burning through um I think we had a 3 DVD by mail subscription. Uh, so that I had my my DVDs of uh, TV shows coming in so I could watch an episode when I was working out. And then we had one for whatever movie we were watching. And then when they switched over to streaming, like it did not take us long to cancel. So I would say probably, oh, uh, 2012, 2013 maybe? So, so I've had about the same here. I've had mine longer. Oh, fancy pants. No, not because I'm fancy, but because there was no other service in Canada except for Netflix. It didn't exist. So in 2010, when it came to Canada, I immediately signed up. And I just, I, until I moved to the United States, I just, I've always had a Netflix subscription. So Netflix subscriptions aside, we're starting to see more of an emphasis on subscriptions in gaming. And I think that that's what we need to be talking about. We've talked a lot about Apple Arcade, which is where the original conversation came from, where I'm like, I shouldn't dig into this because that's a lot yep. to take parents yeah. down the road. But now that we've got, we, you know, there's, um, there's Hulu that you can pay for, there's Spotify subscriptions, there's Disney Plus now, there is... Mike, help me out here. What other... What other like kiddo friendly things are out there? There's Xbox Game Pass. Yep. Do you want it to? I mean, if you want to stick strictly to gaming, there's Xbox Game Pass. There's EA Access. There's PlayStation and EA Access Now. Premiere. Uh, yes, and Premiere. Well, 
Origin Access Premier. Origin There's Access only a Premier tier on PC. Right, right, right. Um, Ubisoft has their Uplay Plus, I think it's called. Yes, that is what it's called. Um, I'm trying to think. There's Nintendo Online, which gets you essentially your NES and your SNES games. Um, that's kind of, I mean, it is a subscription. And Tetris 99. And Tetris 99. Never forget about Tetris 99. I'm pretty sure that that's going to be, like, on my top games of the year. <laughs> yep, that, those are the those are the biggies. Yeah, I think yeah. those are the biggies, and I mean, especially when we're we're talking about from a from a mobile a mobile perspective, you know, Google has um, their Google Pass as well as Apple Arcade. So I mean, free to play is one of these ubiquitous things that we see parents just kind of gravitating towards because it's easy. It's like, okay, I'm just going to toss this in front of the kid. The kid's going to play this for, you know. 20, 25 minutes and then move on to the next game and Mm -hmm. move on to the next game and move on to the next game. But if you've got a bunch of, you know, if you've got like a hundred plus premium games hanging out in a subscription service, you no longer have to worry about advertisements. You no longer have to worry about microtransactions or about content gates. Um, You can just like put your kid in front of a game as long as you vet the age rating and you take a look at the game yourself. I mean, I mean, what's not to love? Yeah. And you're not going to be able to avoid it. Even if it turns out that all your kid wants to play is Fortnite, that's a battle pass, fam. That is still a subscription. Yep. Yeah. You know, I think the really interesting thing about subscription gaming on the positive side is uh, it does tear the barriers down for experimenting with your gaming tastes. Yes. And And there's data to back that up, too. You know, there's a this, lot of it. Yeah, there's a ton of it. And we heard this from EA, and we've heard this from Microsoft both. That and we'll likely playing... be hearing it from Apple at some point. Mm-hmm. People are playing... Well, Apple, the metrics well, okay, are a little, bit, a little bit tougher. But, but you have more of an apples-to-apples comparison with EA and Microsoft, where it's like subscription holders are playing more games. They're playing games longer. They're playing more types of games. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, it's it's really successful for them in terms of getting people out of their comfort zones. Now, the positive side of that is you've got games that people might not typically want to purchase for whatever reason. It's a short indie game. It's experimental. They might not know if they like it. Well, they can go ahead and try it on a service. That, in turn, according to some theories, will inspire more indie development because those games are... Um, are good complements to other titles that are yep. on a subscription service, mm-hmm. right? Now, I have some thoughts about that. I need to I need to wait to see. There's some things that are up in the air right now, so I'm not going to weigh in too much on that. But I need to see how that plays out in real life. Because also launching this week is a major game that is single-player only, has no multiplayer by definition, and I believe it is not going to have any DLC and it has no microtransactions. And that is Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a AAA, $60 single-player game that... Rated T for team. Rated T for team. Mm-hmm. That we don't know how long it is yet. The embargo, I think, lifts uh, on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so, That's what I've heard. So I believe the, embar- the embargo is lifting, if not soon than already if not already then then soon uh by the time this is up 
Well, this is going up the day the game comes out. So okay, so this is so the embargo's I would hope out. That the embargo would have lifted. Yes. The so the embargo's the embargo's up, and uh, we know how long the game is. Now, here's the thing: if EA turns around and markets Access Premier, which includes all of their first-party games, very similar to UPlay Plus, or UPlay Plus is similar to Access Premier because Access Premier came first, then what they're doing is they're taking this huge AAA $60 single-player game that might not be terribly long. We're talking, you know, a, a game, a, a traditional, like, 10 to 15-hour game, perhaps. Again, we don't know how long it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a good reason to, to, to sell people on, on a subscription service. Oh, you don't want to spend $60 on on Jedi Fallen Order. Well, how about you subscribe to Access Premiere and you get Jedi Fallen Order, you get yep. Battlefield 5, yep. you get um you get everything. Everything that you could think of, you get. Um so that's a good way to leverage a subscription service. Now, that requires the marketing to revolve around a title like that. And I haven't seen any. I hope that maybe this week will bring some more. Some glad tidings. Some glad tidings of smart marketing. Um, the flip side of the of the subscription conversation is what is it doing to the value perception of games? And we talked about this a bit with um, when PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live yeah. started giving away games. We've talked about this when there was that huge period of time where two weeks after a game came out, inevitably... Amazon was knocking it down by twenty bucks. When Amazon was selling, was was uh, shipping pre-order games at twenty percent off for Prime members. By the way, I have slowed down on my pre-ordering. I used to pre-order games all the time that I wasn't sure if I actually wanted to play right now because I wanted to get them at twenty percent off, knowing that by the time I got to them, it would probably be by that point it was like four weeks, six weeks before they actually reached that price without the discount. So am I going to play this game in the first four to six weeks? Yeah, probably. All right. Well, then I'm going to I'm going to pre-order it. Yeah, yeah, I did the same thing, and I've definitely stopped that. I, I almost don't buy any games from Amazon now because between you know losing that discount, but also <laughs> most of the games I buy are Nintendo games, and we all know Amazon delivered Nintendo products on time. Yeah. Um, so well, that's where we're getting our uh, our sword and shield from. So we'll see what happens. Now I am getting them with. I we didn't buy the double pack. We bought the singles because. Uh, the $10 discount. Anyway, so we're talking about subscription gaming. We're talking about the the kind of the positives and the negatives. The potential negative is what is this going to do to the value perception of games? And I think we're already starting to see it shift. I think that we're already starting to see, especially Microsoft, which has done a really great job of creating an ecosystem on the other side. Who is going to run out and spend $60 on the Outer Worlds on Xbox One? You might buy it on PS4, you might buy it on PC, but if you have an Xbox One and that's where you do the majority of your gaming, are you going to run out and buy The Outer Worlds? Or are you just going to take that money and put it towards a Game Pass Pass sub? Well, and I mean, again, it really depends on what it is that that you as a human being value. I know in our household, if we can, we buy everything physical. Because that way we have it and there's going to be no chance of, you know, it just randomly going away. So mm-hmm. it's worth the $60 to us and it is worth the $60 to a chunk of, like, you know, a chunk of gamers that want to make sure that they have their, you know, large physical collections of, of games. But it's becoming more and more of a relic. I mean, digital 
digital distribution is enormous, mm-hmm. and it's going to mm-hmm. continue to eclipse physical physical sales. Yep, and physical will always be around. But let's let's say we cut out the part of the of the audience that's going out and wants to buy a copy of the Outer Worlds physical on Xbox One. Okay. If you are someone who only purchases games digitally, there's is, no incentive. There's no incentive to spend the sixty dollars on the game, right? It's it's a beautiful value add. Now remember that Obsidian. This game is published by Private Division. It's developed by Obsidian. Microsoft now owns Obsidian, so you've got this weird triangle of relationships in getting that game out the door, right? Yes. So there's a reason why I'm sure that they struck a deal for Outer Worlds to be day one on Game Pass. But you look at how many games hit Game Pass on day one, and it's just impressive. And you know Microsoft is is engaging in huge, huge amounts of user acquisition efforts. And that's that's costs that are absorbed in giving people that huge deal during E3 this year, or was like a dollar, or was it during um, Gamescom, or was it like a dollar for? I think it was both actually. Yeah, I think it might even still be going on. So I ended up converting. Um, so I have like three years for a dollar or something like that because I had just like renewed, and there was a thing that happened. But it was it was wild, right? And then you got the user acquisition side of they have to build up the library, and there's money that they're spending there. So. Eventually, they're not going to want to spend that much money on user acquisition, and we're going to see things start to level out. Yeah, it's going to be... I mean, it's interesting to see how it's kind of all... It's interesting to see all these different companies kind of hop into the pool different ways, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Microsoft, you know, Microsoft's like diving in like super hardcore. Um, you know, other people kind of putting their foot in the water. Um, it is, But at, at this point, though, everybody's in there in some way. Yes. Everybody's at the party. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's not the case before E3 of this year. But as of E3 this year, everybody, you know, Ubisoft pretty much was the last was the last were the last man standing. Um, and they put out their you you play. Um, I, I can to go back just a little bit when you talk about people, you know, playing games that they wouldn't normally play when I played EA Access. Uh, or when I had EA access, I don't have it all the time now. Um, I never would have bought an NHL game ever. That's fair. Because I'm not a hockey guy. Right. Um, But you better believe I downloaded NHL every chance I had, you know, when I was on EA access and man, I love those NHL. And so, but I never would have bought one brand new. I mean, that's 60 bucks that I just wasn't going to be able to spend. But when I'm paying for EA access, because it gives me early access to their sports games and just eventually those games get, you know, playing FIFA or playing, you know, NHL, those are games I never would have played. Absolutely. I think that what this might end up like, and this just, this just hit me. What this might end up doing, these subscription services, is it... As long as it's not pay per play or, mm-hmm. or whatever, the Spotify model, you know, this has the real potential to change the way that we interact with games. It has the, the, the ability, potential, to change how we consume interactive media, right? Much in the same way Spotify, Pandora... And a lot of these other streaming services and these subscription services change the way that we interact with music. I don't buy CDs anymore. Yeah. I don't. I don't even buy albums on on iTunes. But I listen to Spotify literally every day. It's a terrible model for artists, and I really, really 
really don't want that to be ported over to video games. Um, but it completely changed the way I listen to music. I now ping pong around and I'm able to listen to a ton of different kinds of uh, a ton of different kinds of artists and genres. And today I'm into listening to, you know, indie rock. And yesterday I was into listening to Southern Gothic or or whatever. And wouldn't it be great if that was just what we had with gaming, if that's what gaming became? I think that there's a lot of hand-wringing and pearl-clutching right now that the advent of subscription gaming is going to lead to a market that exclusively focuses on service games, microtransactions, recurrent other forms of recurrent monetization, like battle passes, and kicks the experimental, short, indie triple a single player all these games that have that are um not as commercially uh beneficial as those service-based games because it's not that triple a single player games aren't might not be successful it's just they're not as successful as live service games right so there's a hmm? for now for now but so i think that there is a lot of a lot of concern in the community, uh, in the development community especially, that subscription is going to push those games that don't fit that very narrow model of profitability at scale off the map. Now, I think that some of that fear is founded because we see how publishers have behaved, especially around loot boxes and recurrent monetization over the past few years. So there's risk here. Subscriptions put so much power in whomever is selling that subscription. You are centralizing power in a way that doesn't tend to work out for smaller people in the market, whether that's consumers or smaller smaller developers. So right now we're kind of sitting here hoping, well, we've heard from executives that this is a, a vehicle to allow them to continue supporting those independent games, those experimental games, those shorter games those games that don't have recurrent monetization. And right now we're kind of in wait and see mode. Are yeah. they being are they being honest or are they paying lip service? Is Apple going to be what everybody looks at as a metric of success because all of those games have no monetization, no recurrent monetizations, correct? Amanda, Apple Arcade there is yeah. no there's no subscriptions within the subscription no so and no there's no ads there's no, no mtx there's no ads. literally at all okay so apple's success here is going to is going to be the canary in the coal mine in some way and i think based on the positive things we heard about that service up front it's strong but i'm interested to see how they retain those subscribers and uh keep the that buzz and keep that engine going and the writing will be on the wall um, for next quarter because they just released their their quarterly financials and there wasn't really much for Apple Arcade because it was just is it it's just been launched. Um, so here's here's the deal: as a parent and as somebody who is actively interested in different kinds of ways to interact with video games and to interact with games with my kids. I think that there is a lot of potential for subscription services to be good mm -hmm. for families. Mm -hmm. They're shared. 
which means that you're not having to pay the price more than once. It means that it is an economical way to create more opportunities to play different kinds of games with your kids. It allows families that don't have a ton of money to be sinking into video games every month. They don't have a ton of, you know, income that's able to be put towards playing, you know, buying games. They're still able to give their to give their kids that experience and they can, you know, their kids aren't going to get culturally left behind at school or with their friends because they can't afford to play these games. If it's on Xbox Game Pass, amazing. If it's on PlayStation Now, awesome. If you can pick it up on Apple Arcade, great. But mm-hmm. no longer do you have to just wait until it goes on sale. You can get in, you can get into the action, you can be a part of the conversation regardless of what your economic status is as long as you yeah. are able to pay for that monthly price and it is so nominal yeah. that it's yeah. it, it's actually affordable for families that might be rocking an OG Xbox One. Now, yeah. I, I have one other concern. We talked about value perception, right? And we talked about how, what is the price of a game when everything you get is on one subscription? Do you understand, like, we you know, we think of things right now as a as a full price game is $60, right? Or a mid, mid-tier game is $30 or $40. Or uh, a, smaller, a smaller game could be 10, 20 bucks. But the question I have here, and this is where I start to get concerned, we don't have this problem with video because we have we tend to, as a society, binge on whatever thing we're hooked on, right? When we're watching video, not always, but we want you know we've to the point where Netflix and Disney have started to play around with trickling out. Great British Baking Show this season was was uh, weekly episodes. Mandalorian's, ep- you know, weekly episodes. So they're not just dumping a whole season anymore. Now, my concern around subscription gaming isn't so much with adults who are experiencing subscription gaming for the first time, but for the generation that grows up with it. What are we, do- what are we communicating about the time value perception? And when, you know, again, we go back to that conversation that we had earlier about when I wanted a new game as a kid, I had to ask my mom to take me to Toys R Us. I I got to peruse the backs of the boxes, take the slip, go up and pray to God that the game was actually good. And again, this is before Nintendo Power, which gave us a little bit of a a little bit of insight into whether or not what a game was going to be. Now it's like, all right, I'm gonna play this game for five minutes. Ah, that game, I don't know. I didn't like that. So I'm gonna pick pick a different game. Uh, You know, what happens there? I think that, again, that's a generational thing because I grew up on game rentals. We didn't mm-hmm. have the money to, you know, to buy our games growing up. We, My brother and I rented all of our games. We blitzed through them. We're like, all right, we have three games for the weekend or for the next week. We got to make it last. We got to attack it and we got to tag team it because we got to get through these games. But that's the flip side, huh? isn't it like you knew you had those games for a limited amount of time and you played them to death for the period of time you had them or we got five minutes into it and we were stuck with it and we couldn't flip it and we weren't able to go back to the store and be like okay this game is trash it doesn't even run or i didn't like the concept or it's too hard for me Mm versus going to my my console now and being like all right well you know what i'm not really in the mood 
to be playing, I don't know, Battlefield today. I think that I'd love to go and play NHL, right? I want to go play a sports game of some kind. And I feel like, I feel like that's kind of the positive piece of this is that you're not stuck with the game. You don't have to go out and, you know, go and head out to GameStop and be like, fork, I have to trade in this game that I just finished spending 60 bucks on and I didn't end up liking it. Instead, you're able, like, one of the things that I talked to one of our friends about, Mike, is that, you know, Apple Arcade has been kind of like this trial service of, okay, we don't have demos really anymore, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Demos are hard to come by. So a subscription service can be like this high-tech demo of like, dang, I really, really like this game. I don't want it to disappear off the service. So why don't, like, for example, if I play Neocab on my phone and then I'm like, man, well, I don't want to lose access to this because what if I don't want to subscribe to Apple Arcade forever? I'm going to go buy it. I'm going to go buy it on Steam. I'm going to go buy it on Switch. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a number of different ways that we can look at this. And I think that in our household, because we are so regimented about gaming and because, you know, the kids have to talk to us about what they're going to be playing and how they're going to be playing it. And like, look, you can't just go and flip between a billion different games at the same time. You got to pick one. You know, they have they also have the access to our enormous treasure trove of games, but Mm -hmm. not every kid is going to have that. And so a subscription service is the equivalent of I'm going to go and pick something off the shelf. And I hope that's the way, again, I see all these positives. I'm worried about the perception of, but that's up. That's up to us, right? It's up to us to help change the conversation and to talk about it and be like, all right, so look, if a game is just a series of minutes to you, then you're missing out on the greater, the greater Mm -hmm. bits and bobs. But isn't it up to journalists and pundits and experts to talk about things like, you know, value and and engagement and the different paradigms that we grew up with that we can help relate back to parents and we can help relate back to people our age that may not be immersed in this as much as we are? Then let me reframe the question in a slightly different way. Are we looking at a potential knock-on effect? That's how I know you're writing this article, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To game development, if we're finding that bounce rate, for instance, on games gets shorter and shorter and shorter because people are giving games less time to click because they know there's a library of hundred other games out there waiting. But you can say the same thing about Netflix. You can say the same thing about Spotify. You can say the same thing about anything that is a digital service and that gives you a wide array of content to pull from, right? It's the same kind of thing. If the only metric that is worth looking at is engagement, we're missing out on the bigger picture. Right. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm only looking at it from the from that type of engagement because I can I can. What skip- does bounce rate matter? Truly, if we think about it, like we're gonna, I think we're getting into the weeds here. But so I'm oh, sorry. this is great. Okay, 
I think I feel like we're getting kind of into the weeds here, but well, let's 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 like let's run for it. Okay. Because you and I always do this, right? Mm-hmm. This is like Steve. You are you are seeing us like do our thing. Apparently, this we're turning great. this into an episode of the Bizcast. Ah. Um. So let's let's talk about bounce rate. Like, why does bounce rate even matter? Do you think that when so, when I look hold at on, it, if I could pause, if I could pause you for just a minute. yes, for those listening, bounce rate is the percentage of people who hit a product and then immediately stop and just leave and peace out. Yep. rather than continue with the product or buy something else. Yep. So for example, if you go to engagefamilygaming.com and you look at an article about Disney Plus and rather than click to something else on the site, you would leave to go to say ESPN to check your fantasy scores. That would be plus, that would add to my bounce <laughs> Right. Um, so, so by the way, please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, lower bounce rates are always good. Yeah. And then there's in the, theory. The other part of that is is session length per game. The session length for per game is is a far more interesting thing because that's cumulative over time. So even if you're bouncing off a game, and that's why I think that bounce doesn't necessarily matter because even if you're bouncing off of a game, and I'm bouncing off of a game like on my on my phone. You know, I, um, I'm not necessarily going to, I'm still going to go back to that game in theory. Like I have a bunch of games on here that I bounce between. So I bounce between, you know, Jenny LeClue and Card of Darkness and Dear Reader and a bunch of different Apple Arcade games. I'm bouncing between them at any given time, but the cumulative effect is i'm still playing those games pretty long but i guess what i'm saying is and this and this is where i think we're we're disconnected right now is the combination of session length and bounce rate per title so if i start a game i play it for five minutes i i don't like it i don't which is i i think for most games five minutes is not enough time for it to click no, not necessarily, but if the hook isn't isn't there, it's not there. Okay. And 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 you just landed on the thing that I'm talking about. This is the knock-on effect that I that I think that we might start to see. This is the unintended consequence that we are going to see higher bounce rates, shorter session length per game. That ultimately is going to be boiled down into telemetry and metrics. Fed back to developers, and then all of a sudden you're going to say, well, people weren't sticking around your game for too long. Well, darn. Uh, you know, now I'm finding that my games are a little bit too slow to start. It's it's not relevant. Because developers are not developing games for the services any more than music are, like musicians are, devel- are building music for Spotify. Okay. Because they're not. However, I've already started seeing this happen. And I've even fallen prey to this just a little bit this week am i gonna play that now or am i gonna wait for it to, for it to hit game pass i haven't done that okay so i'm sitting here going so i don't even mm. know how to deal with that because that's that's just not i'm sitting here going well all right so playstation now isn't quite where game pass is in terms of all first party games right but imagine if it were i would probably run out and subscribe to playstation now right now just to play death stranding and i wouldn't I really wouldn't. Like, it's just, it's not interesting to me. If there is, like, look, I don't, I have Game Pass. I don't use it very often. I'll use it if, I'll use it if I'm on my Xbox. Mm-hmm. But 
even if I'm looking at my own subscription services, very few of them are game-based. It's only Apple Arcade. All right. I've started using mine a little bit more, and I'm thinking, like... So is it because you're worried that your thinking has changed, that that is reflective of how other people's thinking has changed and evolved? Because I think that we're looking at this from two different perspectives, right? Like, I'm looking at this from a family perspective, and this is a great value for families, and this is a great value for kids. And, oh, I don't disagree with any of those points, to be very right? clear. And you're looking at this from the developer perspective. Developers are not developing games for services. Yet. They're not... They're Yet. And I... Th and okay, I but again, if, like... Apple Arcade invested what Apple invested what like five hundred million dollars into arcade? That sounds about right. Yeah, you tell me because I think well, I wrote that. Your it's your area of expertise. I wrote here. that story, so yes, it was five hundred million dollars into Apple Arcade initially. Okay, and that was to support not just the developers but the studios and the ongoing development efforts to create new content around those games. Additionally. These developers were developing games for the service, but for the niche quality of it, not for engagement, because that's a very free-to-play way of looking at things. That's not what subscription services are. It's not free-to-play. You can't game it. You especially can't game it on Apple Arcade because it's they're not gonna they're not gonna BS you. Right now, I'm very interested to see how first party evolves because we are in the user acquisition phase. Sure. When they move to user retention, I'm very interested to see what ends up floating to the top. And this is where we're going to have to end this because we don't have enough data. Yep, we don't have enough data. <laughs> yeah. So, so welcome we, to a very small episode of the BizCast. Yeah. So, so I mean, to, to circle it back, to put a, to put a bow on things, because that, yes. that was wonderfully interesting for me. Um, I'm very sorry. The, I got very like in the weeds. No, there. you guys. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to interrupt. I thought that was wonderful. Um, so uh, I think we all got to we got to see two business analysts um, talk and and like really like passionate. get into the weeds. Well, and also to talk. I mean, what we really got to see is like behind the curtain, right? Like you guys were kind of exposed some of the cogs that mm. are making some of this work. I mean, the reality is these services are only really good if games keep coming out and games stay, right? If as a result of this, games get worse, quote unquote, then that sucks. So um, to, put a, 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 to put a bow on this, to give some actionable <laughs> advice for parents, um, Mike talked about it, right? Like this is the user acquisition phase. Right. And this is the part where right now they're this is where we're going to see sweet deals. We're going to see big, splashy moves and it's going to be exciting. Um, and then they're going to have to retain that. And we don't really know what that landscape looks like. That's going to be know. next gen. Yep. Um, so in the meantime, um, just to give folks some actionable advice, this is what what I do. And you guys chime in on how you guys handle it. I think you guys kind of tipped your hands a little bit about how you use those subscription services individually. Yes. Um, you know, for, mo for, for a lot of the folks that I talked to, I talked to a, a family just the other day that was, um, that was, that had heard about Game Pass and wanted to know, um, specifically thinking about Game Pass and was it possible to buy an Xbox One um, specifically like an Xbox One S because, you know, those are going to be like a dollar and a half this huh. Christmas. Um, and My Black um, Friday guide goes up like 
soon. So so maybe not a dollar and a half, but go to super uh, go to super parent. You'll see, and. Um, they're going to be a great deal. And is it possible to just get an Xbox One S and subscribe to Game Pass and subscribe to EA Access and just kind of like live off of that? Absolutely. And, um, the, the answer, answer is, is absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, dude yeah. You <laughs> um, will, and you will be very, very happy. There are a hundred games on Game Pass. Plus, you know, if you do the Game there, Pass Ultimate, wait, you're I'm getting... I'm sorry, Mike. You, Mike, you broke up a little bit. There How are many games? A hundred. There are 100 yeah. plus games on Game Pass right now. And EA Access isn't just, um, they have their vault on console. So mm-hmm. you don't get access to all of their first party games right away, but you're getting a bunch of, bunch of relatively and recent stuff. And they getting on there pretty quick. Yeah. Like I would bet. So Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. It'll be six months. 15th. I would bet E3 of next year. Yeah. They're going to come out to EA, you know, EA Play or whatever. Yep. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is in the vault starting today yeah i I mean i think that's a safe bet Mm -hmm. um amanda if you want to claim that one because i know you have to put out your predictions early um so the um so i i that is the answer is that for and realistically xbox game pass is 10 bucks a month even if you ignore like weird deals and black friday is going to have some neat stuff and who knows what will happen on cyber Monday, right like you might get some neat deals but like even at its base price 10 bucks a month that's 120 dollars a year which is for many people who are able to afford that's two games that's, I mean, two, that's games. two games um that's, and that's nothing for many it's not i mean for most people who can afford a i, I try not to trivialize money right well, but I, if me, you can afford an xbox yeah. one you can afford 120 bucks a year the chances are um, you're gonna you're likely to buy one or two games during a calendar year if you own yep. one of these consoles. And so for you folks, and this is, you know, let's say, you know, it, and realistically, you know, if you have a, you know, 12 year old that is, you know, want, and they want an, a console, maybe, you know, been, you're listening to my podcast cause you like board games and you're kind of popping over here for video game stuff and they want a console and you just haven't been able to, you don't want to pop in and get that, you know, get hit up for a $60 video game every month because that's what you're afraid of because that's what it was when you were a kid. There was always new games coming out. And it's only worse. These subscription models are a way to kind of hold back that tide um, because realistically, 12-year-old, you get him Game Pass. Game Pass includes Minecraft, and then Fortnite is free. Battle passes aren't free, but even they are really not super expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and, and Epic is starting to sell Fortnite cards finally. Yes, Yo, the Fortnite gift cards are so mint. They like, are. They, They're the fantastic. Fact that, I mean, you, you, as the you were the did you, you were around doing Super Parent last year for Christmas. I mean, how many people did how many people were asking you for where can I get a Fortnite gift card? And you were like, "Bruh, sorry." It's not something yeah. that that was available. And then this year, yeah, I can definitely say, "Hey, which no, is so great, it's it. smart move." And and the, the economics behind that, um, especially around this time of year, yeah, you know, it's gonna be so great. Well, the cost the cost to Steam because they talked about this at GDC, the cost to Steam for them to have game cards is they absorb ten to fifteen percent of the face value of the card in cost. So on a fifty dollar card, there's you know five dollars to seven dollars and fifty cents. Mm-hmm. You know, Steam is paying, Valve is paying for it. So, you know, we can assume that it's somewhere around there, probably. Um, for Fortnite, so if you buy a, if you buy a $25, um, you know, 
Fortnite card, which will get you a battle pass, right? Yep. So that's uh, $2.50 of that Epic, or a little bit more Epic is probably absorbing. They're paying the cost of. Um, yeah. Just so you can put that in your stocking. But the number of people who are going to put those in stockings, way up. That's that's going to be a huge stocking stuff. I mean, because it's possible. I yeah, mean, because it's finally possible. It is infinitely greater than who were trying, you know, parents were trying to figure it out. And I was like, well, I mean, you can get an eShop gift card. You can get a PlayStation card. Yeah. It's just, you know, like people want to give kids like, what's their thing? You know, like, oh, well, here, get this thing so that you can, you know, nobody wants to do that. They want to get them their thing. So for those parents out there that are like, man, consoles, listen, the subscription services are a value. Um, but you got to know what your kids like, right? Um, you know, if your kids are all in on sports games, but maybe they only play Madden, EA Access still has value because you know what? They can play FIFA. They can play, um, you know, they can <laughs> they can play FIFA. They can play NHL. Um, they'll just play them a year late, but they probably won't care. Um, and not to mention the fact the vault has a ton of other games in it. Um, so, you know, knowing what they like and knowing what systems they're on. Um, and also, I mean, and you guys, I don't know if you've heard me give this spiel. Um, if you're like the aunt or uncle that wants to give like a super, you want to give a cool, but you don't really know. Giving the gift of a premium game subscription service is like the practical gift that is so cool. And it you also know, like stacks. I had an aunt that always got me a Nintendo subscription every year, right? That was like what they did. And it was like so like run of the mill. Like to some people, it's like, oh, they just get this subscription. But like, that was such a big part of my childhood and it was like they took care of it and it was a great fun thing. It was simple for them to be that person that's like, yo, I got you on Game Pass for six months. Like that's a big deal. Yep. It is. Um, so it's a, and that is providing okay. you access to tons of games for exactly. quite a long time. So if you're that aunt or uncle or grandma and maybe you don't have consoles in your um, but you want to be that cool aunt, uncle, whatever. Um, those are practical. They are, it, it's hard to say practical when we're talking about video games, but those are the kind of things that enable cool gaming experiences. So think about those and those things are great. So, um, I think, I think we did it. We successfully made it through all of our topics today. It took us um, a really long time, but we did it. We did it. We did it. Um, well, it took a long time because I let the two of you guys just go. Um, so I would not um, be surprised if John edited that down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, maybe not everybody. This has been episode 201 of the engaged family gaming podcast. I appreciate you being here and listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening as much as the three of us enjoyed recording it. Obviously we are way too comfortable with each other and our bad (laughs) jokes. Um, so, uh, next week it will be me and, some combination of Amanda and someone else, maybe Mike, maybe Linda, who knows? It's going to be, it's like Wolfpack rules. We're going to free bird it as they do in the WWE. Um, and um, until next time, I have one favor. You know a person who needs to listen to this podcast. You know somebody. So take the link, drop it in their Facebook private messages. I don't know. Just don't be weird about it. But just, you know, <laughs> spread the word um, because a bigger audience means that we get to do cool stuff and get bigger guests and more stuff. You know, it's we get to party hard. Not to say that Mike's not a great guest. I am not a great guest. 
He's an amazing guest. Right. He is an amazing guest. Listen, if I can't say I have a face for radio, you can't, which is the most cliche of bad jokes for podcast hosts. You can't, um, you can't uh, say that you're a bad guest. I have a face so for paper bags, so there. But- oh, man. <laughs> With that said, folks, y'all have a wonderful night. We will be back next week. Um, But until then, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you soon. Bye. 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 Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Hop by Kevin McLeod and audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions. Sonic, okay. he's really well, it cool. Was... He's got an attitude, Sonic. He's the fastest <laughs> thing alive. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm um, recording this <laughs> and I have I'm video. Really...